This program is part of Full Service Radio, an internet radio station and podcast network with over 32 weekly shows broadcasting from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. All of our hosts are Washington, D.C. locals, covering stuff like music, arts, culture, identity, politics, and so much more. Visit fullserviceradio.org for all of our programming and enjoy the show. And Full Service Radio is also proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. Welcome to Pineapple Radio on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Atara. And I'm Arielle, and we're your hosts today. We're the founders of Pineapple, an online, offline community of over 15,000 women who pine for food and each other. You're probably wondering what we're going to be doing on this show. Pineapple Radio is about exploring a woman's identity with food. We're going to use the radio as a platform to hear the voices of women we pine for in the community across many backgrounds and walks of life. Each week, we'll present a topic and invite two women to go in-depth on an idea together. Then, at the end of the show, we'll do some Spitfire interviews to get to know our guests even better and get a deeper look into what and who they pine for. Oh, and by the way, in case you're wondering what the heck we mean when we say pine for, it's our philosophy that by admiring other women, women-made products, women-led movements, we create community and we support each other. It's our way of saying to a fellow woman, woman, hey, we see you, we admire you, we recognize you, uh, and we respect your work. So with this show, we'll explore how women express their love for one another and celebrate them for who they are and what they've accomplished. So without further ado, we'd like to introduce two women we pine for, who you'll be hearing from in a few minutes. Our first guest is Samantha Tard of Happy Healthy Human. She's an Ayurvedic coach and yoga instructor with a PhD in nutrition. Through Happy Healthy Human, Sam helps people create routines and habits so that they can experience their most vibrant health. Next, we have Lena Salazar, originally from Colombia. She's a local DC wellness expert and health educator. She founded her business, Live Well, to support women who want to make peace with food and their bodies. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Very Thank you for here. having us. This is very exciting. And before we begin with Sam and Lena, um, a cautionary trigger warning that Lena and Sam may touch on topics mentioning disordered eating. So Sam and Lena will be discussing the concept of food freedom. This is an idea that Arielle and I learned from Lee Tilgman of At Lee from America. So for most women, our ad- identity with food is a little bit complicated. From my own experience, there have been periods in my life where food was wrapped up in some really complicated emotions like shame or obsession, especially when we think about the Instagram age where we're constantly being told what to eat, how to look, and what our lives should be like. So it begs the question to us, how far should we go with the concept of wellness? And what are the ways that we, as a community of women in food and women who love food, can combat some of the exclusivity we experience in the wellness space in terms of race, class, and gender? And so 
in this show, we're going to set out to explore how we can, you know, modify this culture and instead use food as a source of joy. So before we begin, begin, I just want to read Lee's Food Freedom Manifesto. So it reads, Food freedom looks like eating when you want to. Food freedom looks like stopping when you want to. Food freedom looks like sometimes getting comfort food when everyone around you is getting a salad. Food freedom is sometimes eating the healthy option when others are not. Food freedom is sometimes eating way too many sweets. Food freedom is sometimes under eating and having to eat a snack later. Food freedom is trusting your body to do its thing. Food freedom is really listening to your body. It's also about respecting the emotions, people, cultures, holidays, and traditions that surround the food we eat. To us, that means we can practice food freedom every day with the right tools and support by gracefully letting ourselves live in harmony with the food around us. So with that, we'll let Sam and Lena take it from here. Awesome. Thank you. I am so, so excited to talk to you about this topic, Lena. Um, So I thought we could get started then by actually talking about our paths to some sort of food freedom if we do feel that, you know, if we are even there and um, and what what we think about it in our own lives, how we've experienced it. Yes, I think that's a great way to start. And in my case, I I am that woman who had an eating disorder since she was around 12 years old. And, uh, and it impacted my life, not only my health, but I, I, and I hit bottom when I arrived in DC in 2012, and that's when I decided that, I, that things needed to change. Because I, my goal was always being skinny, and I, I thought that that was being perfect, and that's when life was going to start. Like, once I'm skinny, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get the job. That's when life starts. And, but then maybe because I, I was older, maybe because of timing and maybe because of different experiences, I realized that it was not only impacting my health, but also other aspects of my life. Uh, I was sad. I was, um, you know, my relationships at war with my family, even with men. Uh, so I decided that I needed to change. So, so that's how important food is in my life, right? It, it was impacting my life emotionally, physically. And that's why I decided to leave a career in development to create live well because I, I believe so much in in our capacity to achieve freedom from food obsession mm-hmm. and live a healthy life at the same time we're happy mm-hmm. did you was it leaving the career that helped you find that food freedom or did you do other um either uh, a program or anything else that helped you really overcome that eating disorder you know once and for all i think that's a good question sure. because it's it it like kind of like touches on the ingredients on how do you reach freedom from food mm-hmm. obsession, right? And um, and I think that it's a combination of ingredients, and it's always it's very important to t- to know that it's not the same recipe for everyone, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. for me, that was it was a combination of as I said, timing, a, <laughs> a lot of therapy, a hitting bottom <laughs> several times, a meditation, spirituality, forgiving people, forgiving myself. Uh, learning more about nutrition. So it was a combination of different things um, that allowed me to to reach the point where I am right now. And it's not full recovery. Don't take right. me wrong. It's right. you'll just learn how to manage the obsession and you discover what works for you. Mm-hmm. So, and how, how about you, right? How, how do you, how did you leave this freedom from food obsession or simply food freedom? Yeah, you know, this, my story was one that I felt so alone in. And then as I met more and more women in health and wellness and, and just 
you know, more conversations around it, I realized how common it was. I was someone that um, had a lot of stomach issues, especially in, you know, high school and especially with my period. And, you know, I was every holiday, I'd be like, lying on my back for an hour and, and just in complete pain, more than an hour for a day, really. And it was in that time that I discovered that food was really a culprit of a lot of those issues. Mm-hmm. And so for me, food obsession came out of um, a desire to be, feel well and a desire to feel better and recognizing that it had a difference. So it came out of a kind of, on the one hand, it came out of a really empowering place of like food can actually make me feel healthy, but it became disempowering when it became food obsession is I guess one way to say it. I now know I really had orthorexia, though there wasn't that term for it at that time, but recognizing that I got so caught up in, I have to feel perfect. I have to feel well. And I have control over this, that it really kind of spiraled out of control. Um, and you know, it took a conversation. Finally, I think it was my mother that she really said, because I was in college at the time, she says, you know, Sam, something's not right. And if you need to, you can come home. And oh my God, when she said that, I was like, okay, something, something is wrong. Something is, is not fully right. And that kind of made me have to really make a a big switch in terms of how I approached food and wellness and realizing that this ultimate pursuit of wellness can also be unwell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and how do, like after you came back home, I don't Mm -hmm. know if you did, Mm -hmm. what, what, tools did you did you use or what resources did you use that you think helped you get through it yeah I so I didn't go back home I stayed I was in New York City at the time and you know it was a huge just a mental shift and recognizing that I didn't want to be controlled in that way anymore so just recognizing that it, it wasn't giving me what I thought I was getting out of it, right? So often we, you know, eat a piece of pizza or we have cake or we we do something because we think it will make us feel better. It's like this, like, pill, you know, even though it's in food form and it's this beautiful adaptogen and so obviously it's going to change my life. Um, I think we still are externalizing our own healing and our own wellness. And so a lot of it was a mental shift. And then also giving myself permission to do it as I wanted to do it, right? So I could have... Um, and I was told to by some people to just start eating cake, start eating burgers, like, you know, just kind of overstuff myself with unhealthy food in order to gain weight back and and get back to quote unquote normal. And I was like, no, that, that doesn't really work for me. That's not, that's, that doesn't solve the problem really. And so it was doubling down on actually figuring out what does balanced eating look like when I'm still uh, respecting my health and respecting my body. And so I still did a lot of yoga. I still, um, you know, ate really healthy, healthy food, but it allowed me to just give myself some more freedom and permission in, in that space. Yeah. I love that you talked about controlling, Mm -hmm. uh, that you talked about a freedom and because and mental shift Mm -hmm. those are three key things that I have seen in my own recovery and that I see with my clients all the time and it's that and I realize looking in in hindsight if I when I go like backwards I see that what happened to me is that I stopped chasing the goal of a number right a number on the scale uh, or like how wide my waist was Mm -hmm. it was more about the goal the ultimate goal became health and nourishing my body and when and that goal never ends Right, <laughs> a diet begins and ends with just pursuing your health and nourishing your body every day. It never ends. You have to do it every day. So, 
and the goal is also not it doesn't depend on external approval mm, sort of yeah it's more about me and what's good for me and um so i think that mental shift is is key in the conversation about uh, you know setting a boundary between uh, our pursuit of health and wellness and food obsession um how do you like for example i don't know how do you see that in your in your in your work yeah that's a great question um when you were talking with okay, coming up for me because a big piece of my health journey and, and what I now share with others is Ayurveda, which is the ancient Indian system of medicine. And the piece of Ayurveda that just blows my mind day in, day out is that the assumption is, is that we are perfect and well and whole. Mm. And I think a lot of us are operating from a place of having to be fixed. And, and Ayurveda assumes we are perfect and well and whole, and we can just continue to um, support that in our bodies. So how that works with myself and with my clients is viewing every day only as one day. <laughs> you know, yeah, like we, we all know those like, oh, I had a burger yesterday, so now I'm going to have fries today, so now I'm going to do ice cream tonight. And, you know, like those kind of benders, I guess you could call them, or even wellness benders if you want to go the other way. Um, but recognizing that each day is just a day. And because I had three brownies today doesn't mean that, one, I'm a bad person or that, two, I should eat three brownies tomorrow. It simply means I had three brownies that day. And that, to me, gives permission um, to actually follow how you're feeling and to actually really question and inquire about what it is you're gaining out of what you're doing. Um, Ayurveda believes that you could eat a you know beautiful green smoothie and do so with self-hatred or shame or guilt and then that smoothie is no longer healthy yeah and same you can eat a you know i keep saying burger but i guess i'm thinking about a burger um <laughs> but you can eat a burger with with reverence and with love and with appreciation for the ingredients for the person that made it for your company and so um that bringing it out of just the actual calories or carbs or fat and bringing it into the experience of what are you how are you serving yourself with that food? I think I think that's a huge piece that I work on again myself, but also also with my clients. Of what are you what are you gaining out of what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I agree. And also with my clients, just to bring like how the way we work, I I also cover that that piece. Mm -hmm. And I'm very inspired by this woman in the UK called Gillian Riley. Mm -hmm. um, she her her perspective, her approach is more about the freedom to choose we are free to choose we're free to choose what we eat and also the outcome of what we eat right mm -hmm. so you choose if you want to eat a slice of pizza or three or four then you choose the delicious slices of pizza but you also choose what how you feel afterwards so maybe tomorrow you're lethargic and heavy right so but that that mental shift that state of mind moving from the restriction the prohibition that you shouldn't do this you don't eat that you're not allowed to eat fries right moving from that to maybe today i choose to eat fries because don't take us wrong it's not about not eating fries not eating pizza not eating brownies no 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 no. it's not about that it's more about choosing with freedom when you eat it right and that's like that's what you were saying because some people can have this moody and still feel guilty they will feel like their their freedom is being taken away when they are eating or drinking this smoothie because they are on a diet and they should be eating the green smoothie, <laughs> right? So mm -hmm. you can also be a victim or a prisoner of the green smoothie, even if it's healthy. Um, so And that's a concept that I love using with my clients. 
just instilling that we have the freedom to choose. And that's very hard. It's not easy to get there. <laughs> not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, what came to mind and something that's come up with a lot of my clients is because it's so hard because even if you're working through your food issues, your best friend still might have some too mm -hmm. or might not be working on them in the same way or my gosh, our, our mothers, our aunts, our cousins, oh God, are yeah. you know, we are, we are in a society that there are food issues. And um, so one of the biggest things I do, especially when it comes to holidays or parties or, um, or just any sort of gathering that I invite my clients to do is to actually say to their family, like if they're pushing cake or, or brownies on them, you know, I'm here for you. I'm not here for the cake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and remembering that that's the point of these gatherings is the community and not, you know, you don't show your love for me. Like, it doesn't have to be so tied up in ice cream cake. It can be, <laughs> yes, it's there, and thank you. And we're here because we want to see our friends, you know. So when we get together for wine or cupcakes or ice cream or whatever it is, yes, that's a piece of it, but it's not the whole deal. There's still love and connection even without that food. And I think, I think we sometimes get those confused. We feel like we have to show our love with a physical product. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. And maybe I, I love the, the, the talking about the mental shift uh, and how hard it is because I, in, in my experience, in my own experience I, with my clients, I see that there are, let's say, three main common denominators mm. of why they cannot eat healthy. And one is the logistics, right? Like, right. you know, they have to commit five hours or whatever. The second one is just basic nutrition about, uh, no, I'm sorry, knowledge about nutrition, mm -hmm. fats, carbs, whatever. But the third one, which is the hardest one to overcome, is how our brain works, right? How our mind works. And we are so... Uh, focus into the dieting, the perfection, the the uh, maybe now we start touching upon that, and it's like the beautiful balls on Instagram, like hmm. right how like the, this concept or this picture that now you and I and pineapple and we are all building of health and wellness, right? So that also brings me to question that a little bit. Yeah, I want to ask you how you actually go about that because, and especially with your work with your clients, like how do you handle? scrolling through your Instagram feed and seeing beautiful pictures of health and wellness and, you know, very prettified versions of the world. Yeah. So, and sometimes I've, I'm like I'm critical of myself and sometimes mm. I try not to do it because I'm a victim of it too, right? I love looking at these pictures and I stay for like 10 minutes watching at, at big, these pictures and I'm like, okay, stop it. So, and I think the only way to break that is just posting things that show that health doesn't have to be expensive and that health is something that it's universal. We can all have it. Mm -hmm. We don't have to eat, and I love it, but the matcha, organic matcha and the kombucha, and I love those and I eat them, but health is not only that, right? So, so I try promoting among my clients like a more simple version of health like an easier version of health more like how do you live it on a day-to-day -day basis without aiming for, for perfection just doing your best every day and you're you you're the one who choose to choose us what your best means yeah I love that and it, it makes me the word keeps that keeps coming up for me is authenticity um, and authenticity of what actually feels good to you and what actually feels good in your body. I've had so many clients where we recognize that actually kombucha is what's making them feel like crap. And they've, you know, feel like, oh, kombucha, it's so healthy. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And we take it out and we're like, oh, there goes the stomach problems. There go, like, and, yeah. and you actually feel a lot better. And so, you know, I think we get 
caught up, you know, scrolling through the feed, we're told, oh, yes, ashwagandha is going to make us feel better. Well, not if you have a nightshade allergy, um, not if, you know, you're having estrogen issues. Yeah. You know, there's there's personalization that has to be involved in it. And there has to be an honest assessment of, hey, how do I actually feel when I finish doing that? Is this actually worth mm-hmm. the time, the money? Um, do I feel better? Do I feel worse? Do I feel nothing at all? Yeah, I, I like what you said about authenticity and, and because that's linked with finding our unique recipe mm. and um, <clears throat> something that, I, that I've come up with, that again, it's my, what I, a tool that I used for my own recovery and that I use with my clients too is I ask them to come with their sanity list. What are like the three, because for me, food freedom is sanity, like I'm saying, <laughs> yes. right? So, so I ask them to come up with a list of three things, minimums, that they want to include in their day. Mm. Three things. Or that you want to include when you're traveling, right? Because it's like, oh, I cannot travel. I eat poorly. The holidays, there's like desserts and stuff. And it's like, okay, what are the three minimum things you want to include? That's your sanity list. For me, what is it? I need to include greens. I need to drink lots of water and I need to move. Those are my, my three, like the minimums in my sanity list. For other people, it's meditation, mm-hmm. maybe going for a walk and journaling, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I ask, I always ask my clients, what's your unique recipe? How, what are those three minimum things you want to include in your day? In little dosage, it doesn't have to be like two hours of spinning or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, what do you include to keep you sane? And that's easier when you set yourself like very small goals that are more achievable, then health becomes easier and you discover what health means for you. Totally. Totally. So is that how you would define food freedom, sanity? <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, for me, food freedom is sanity. It's, it's, it's also enjoying food. I now enjoy food mm. and it's not fighting it. We, we are used to fight food. We fight the fries. We fight the bread. We fight the pizza. Uh, even the smoothies when we have to drink them because we're on a diet so it's not fighting food it's being friends with food and it's also being friends with my body I now accept that yes after you eat uh, like a I don't know rice bowl with black beans like I posted on my Instagram recently you're bloated right your stomach comes out that's I have to accept that now it doesn't bother me it used to bother me and that's that's the insanity right um it's also not feeling shame. It's also not hiding. Um, and it's, 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 it's also, as Lee says in her manifesto, is, is just eating when people, for example, are having a salad. Well, I decide to have pizza. I don't know, pizza and hamburger are like the most common, right? Like go-to items for this conversation. But that's, that's also the freedom from food obsession that I, that I now experience. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think for me, food freedom is is really related to to ownership and that choice, like you mentioned, um, ownership and choice. But then also, just letting how I'm feeling lead what I'm doing, and um, letting it be. Yeah, I think it's it's that ownership and just owning how I'm going to feel when I eat something and eating based on that. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's like, actually, I really don't want a cinnamon roll. Actually, I really don't want pizza and, and being okay with saying that and being okay with saying, yeah, I don't really miss cheese or whatever it is. I'm saying, you know what? It's okay to feel how I feel about food and it's okay, um, to recognize that, and this is a huge piece that 
what makes our bodies feel good is different for every single person. I think we get really, really caught up in, you know, you feel great on, I use the example, kombucha or matcha. And so I should feel really good on it too. And instead being authentic to my body and my experience. And, you know, if I want to experiment with something new, like awesome. But knowing that I get to listen to my body, not what your body is doing. And I think that's a huge piece of food freedom for me. What do you think? You just like talked about something. Said something that made me think that it happens to me sometimes when I am embarrassed because I like healthy things. <laughs> yeah, there is so much. Right? Why is it legitimate to want hamburgers for dinner every night and it's not just like a rice or kombucha or quinoa or why isn't legitimate? I love this. So here's a piece of food freedom that I think is really important is not letting other people's shit be yours. Yeah. Right? And so that's how I see it now, is if someone's pressuring me to eat something that I know I don't eat for five different reasons, like if you give me dairy, I am not going to be happy for like a week, and so why would I do that to myself? Um, Like not letting their their shit, don't let them put it on you. And that's kind of like a boundary that I really had to set. And so of saying that's nice you're like looking at me funny even though i chose to eat the way that i do and i'm sorry that you feel that way and just you know and just kind of let that go it's not easy it's not simple it takes time there's still you know times where i'm like i feel a little funny about it but um one that's their shit and then the second one which is something i i said to a client just uh last week is it's amazing how little people actually pay attention once you take the food So if you're sitting there at dinner and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you have to try these fried whatevers and you know that you don't want to eat it, you know it's not going to feel good, take the fried whatever. Maybe you have a bite, maybe you don't. Stick it on your plate and no one is going to notice. No (laughs) one is even going to notice or care. They just needed to feel like they were giving you something. They wanted to share something. They wanted to not feel bad about the fried things they were eating and just let that that go, let that be. Yeah, for me, it's also kind of like liberating because now I just say, I don't care. I'm going to impose whatever, not impose, don't take me wrong, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to just do this because it's important for me, for my sanity. And when I'm sane, people around me will be, (laughs) will feel better. Right. So, so it's also about prioritizing what's important for me. And now it's become part of my identity of who I am. So that feels liberating when people already know and it's legitimate. It's become legitimate. That's a great thing. It does. It takes time and that's okay. And it's okay that it's not simple the first 29 times you explain out why you're Mm -hmm. eating the way you are. But I guess that's the one last piece that I'd like to mention on this is um, focusing on the positive piece of it, right? So, and that's, I think, another aspect of it being food freedom is it's not, I'm choosing to eat a salad because, you know, I I had a donut yesterday and so maybe I should eat a salad today and I got to watch my calories. No, it's, I'm eating this way because I feel better when I do. Yeah. And that's how I frame it now. It's not, oh, I don't eat cheese because, you know, I heard that saturated fat is bad for you. It's, I don't eat, I don't eat cheese because my body's a lot happier when I don't and I love feeling good. Right? Yeah. And, it's, and when it's about, oh, this makes me feel alive. This makes me feel good. This makes me feel excited and able to be present. People can't really argue with that, yeah. right? It's, it, you make but it's it, that positive. You make it positive, exactly. Yeah. Like you're no longer avoiding the two inches tomorrow morning in my waist. It's more about, oh, I just feel bad when I eat dairy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's something I think that takes working through. It is, you know, that takes 
like that's a step to get to that place where that is why you're eating Mm -hmm. it that way. So if you don't feel that that way yet, that's okay. But that's a shift that that can take place. Yeah, it's progress. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we wanted to touch on exclusivity in the wellness space. That's important. Do you want to share some thoughts? Yeah, and maybe link to what we were just discussing. Um, you, <clears throat> there are so many new companies and startups and uh, even women-led companies that are portraying this version of health that seems very. And I'm Colombian, <laughs> for those right who are out there, who are who that's very white, mm. um, and it's and it's all pretty, it's all beautiful. Uh, and I like it. Don't don't take me wrong. I, I do like it. But n- when I am like questioning my role as a health coach and a health educator, I do feel that that could. It's like a how do you say a, like a double sword knife? Do you double edged sword. Double edged sword. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, because it becomes exclusive it becomes exclusive of those who have money to buy matcha organic kombucha organic vegetables charcoal uh, all these you know bone broth and all these things that are delicious but it also creates this notion that only i will only be healthy and it's unconscious right i will only be healthy when my ball looks as perfect that that girl who has 10,000 followers or my plate looks beautiful with all these filters on Instagram, <laughs> right? And uh, and sometimes I see myself like spending so much time just taking pictures to balls and I'm like, what am I doing, <laughs> right? It's it's more about what I'm transmitting, let's say, on the, on the text, on the caption, on the post, on the actual text next to the photo. So I do believe that we have to be careful and, and question what we are doing uh, with this new notion of wellness that we're creating, like this picture, image of wellness. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think that's really, really huge. And I, you know, being a white woman in D.C., I I think about it a lot from the economic standpoint of yeah. when I don't have, you know, 70 bucks to throw down on some adaptogens. Um, <laughs> you know, it's and just sometimes that happens. And, and recognizing that health can be really simple, that's a huge piece of Ayurveda, mm-hmm. and it's something I try to 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 live with and embody as much as possible um it's a hard one you know it's some some of it is ignore and get rid of the people that you're following that don't make you feel good because there are some of those and it's kind of funny because there's some people on instagram or or on online where they post beautiful photos and beautiful bowls and i don't feel pressure and there's some where i do and recognizing like okay i have no clue what the trigger is I can investigate it if I want to investigate it, but even if I don't, just let's get rid of the trigger people then. You know, the ones that make me feel like crap because, you know, I just don't need that. It's it's not important. Um, so a lot of it is, to me, becomes a little bit of a self-job of being able to say, okay, is this real? Is this really what I need? Is this really what I want? And then the piece for me is, still trying to make things beautiful in my own way. I know I will never be as artistic as some of the people that are um, on Instagram. My, my bowl will never have like a beautiful, actually Lee, she does this. She has like the, the, the almond butter swirl in the middle. Yeah, I can't figure out how to do it. If anyone knows how to do it, please call me. Um, I also have a problem with drizzle. So if you're good at drizzle, please let me know. Like, can call me up. I'm Sam. All the rows um, of chia seeds. The rows of chia. Yeah, no, I, I can't get them that. straight. Maybe I need a stencil. Do you have a stencil? Or a ruler. A, a ruler. ruler. Okay, maybe the ruler would work. Um, so, 
you know, so just recognizing that I might not make it that way, but I can make it beautiful or meaningful in my own way. And again, this is a piece of Ayurveda of honor your food, honor yourself, and and just do it in the way that you can do it. And that's that's what I got. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you both so much. Um, I feel like we have so much to learn about accepting ourselves, accepting that health is for everyone. And, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. So thank you both so much for being here. Uh, This is Pineapple Radio on full service. We're about to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Sam and Lena. Thank you. meditative break music today is called the name of the song is sunset lane it's by flash frequency and adam's morgan local he also has a show here in full service we'll be right back with pineapple radio stay tuned all right We're back with Pineapple Radio. This is Ariel. And we're going to close out this show with a spitfire round of questions. Uh, But before that, I just want to thank you all again for your insights about food freedom. You know, I think we especially loved hearing about not fighting food and being friends with your food. Uh, That's definitely a unique way to think about it uh, going into this year. And, um, you know, being friends with your body. I don't think we would ever talk to our friends in the ways that sometimes we talk to ourselves or um, how we feel about what we're eating or drinking. And uh, gives me a lot of hope and excitement for what we can share together as a community. So without further ado, uh, these questions are going to be a little bit more about your personal food styles and takeaways for our audience um, about this topic today. So Lena, we're going to start with you, and Sam, you can follow. Great. So please name a woman you pine for in food. Oh, God. It has to be to Samin Nosret. I love her, and I also love Rano from Pansari on 17th and Q. 
And that's an Indian restaurant. Uh-huh, here Indian in restaurant in DC. Yeah. Awesome. Everyone should try it. Awesome. I am totally pining for Jenny of Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream. And this means a lot given that I've actually never had her ice cream because I, you know, don't have dairy. <laughs> um, but I love following her um, and listening to her stories and how she really um, owns herself as a woman and as a female business owner and that she treats everyone really nicely as far as I can tell and, and just really owns herself and her business. Cool. And I think late last year she launched a uh, like dairy-free chocolate ice cream. I know. I've been trying to get over there. I can't wait to have it. Same. <laughs> okay. Your favorite women-made product? Um, I do really... I, lo- I tried it recently, actually. Anita's yogurt. God, it's so good. And she's also... Her parents are Colombian, so that it's even better. <laughs> that stuff is delicious. Yeah. That is so delicious. Um, mine, mine's not technically a food. I hope that's okay. Um, but it's made with food ingredients. It's cocoa kind skincare. Um, they have like a turmeric stick and a matcha mm. stick. And this has probably been the only, or not the only, but the most, um, the most, the skin product that has changed my face the most and made me feel great in my skin. And, and she also is very body positive and skin positive. So she's another great person to follow on Instagram. But, um, but man, that turmeric stick changed my life. Super good. Wow, I'll have to try it. Mm-hmm. Your favorite women-led movement? Oh, I, I'm not American. Oh, you all know that. But I really loved what uh, Francis Morlape started with a diet for a small planet. I loved it, and I am a follower and fan of Marion Nestle because I think she's kind of like continued that that movement, and I'm a fan. I I follow them. Damn, that's so good. Those are my yeah. two favorites, too. Those are so, yeah. so good. I mean, I was thinking, you know, very of the moment, but I was thinking of Me Too. Um, and I think, because I think it does relate to our um, fight with food yeah. and our fight with our bodies. And um, similar to kind of the food freedom issues, the fact that every woman has experienced some sort of sexual mm-hmm. harassment or abuse kind of blew my mind, made me feel way less alone, and, and made me realize what work there is to be done. Thank you. Your go-to pantry item. Ooh, I, I love, cannot leave, and I've been diversifying all the different <laughs> brands that I buy. Olive oil, like good quality olive oil, and Colombian cacao powder, for sure. Must have. I don't have any Colombian cacao I will, powder. I will give you some. Thank you, I Lena. Give you some. I like this hookup. Okay. <laughs> yeah, me three. Yeah, yeah. Um, for mine, coconut oil, given that I, I mean, oh, I use yeah. it for cooking. I use it on my skin. I use it on my hair. I basically use it everywhere. <laughs> and, um, you know, I makeup remover, everything. And your go-to fridge item? Kale. I always have kale or some sort of green in my fridge and also peanut butter. I love peanut. I, I used to not precisely prohibit myself eating peanut butter. And now I'm like, I love peanut butter. I'm friends with peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, mine, it's it's kind of two because it's, it's my favorite dessert. And I probably have it just about every day. But frozen bananas with tahini, mm. like, just makes my heart so happy. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's the best. Yum. One action someone in the pineapple community can take on this topic. Oh, wow. Social media is so strong, but I guess that we can still use social media precisely to promote this idea of simple health, right? You just have to eat real food to be healthy. And um, it doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to be wearing little lemon clothes or whatever to eat it to be healthy. Uh, so I think that's an important action. And also be more active in you know spaces like pineapple 
and demand and ask for different topics, different panels, different um, uh, formats. So I think that's a way to stay active in the community and in this sense. You have great answers. It stinks going second. I know, you're nice. Um, so mine uh, is take one day. Take one day and track three things. Your stress levels, your energy levels, and what you're eating. Hmm. And do it like every hour. Track you know those three. And you'll start to see the patterns of why you eat what you eat. And when it is, you know, a huge one for me was recognizing stress goes up. So does my desire for food. Um, and you'll and you'll also have a feeling of um, after you eat, what happens to your energy? Are you eating food that makes you feel good or making food, eating food that doesn't? And I think taking that one day of really understanding yourself and your body. And if you want to keep going, that's even better. Um, it's it's a really powerful like wake up call. So you all are well versed in this topic. It's your career. But for those of us who are not, uh, what other resources uh, can you recommend to reference this topic? So definitely, I mentioned her earlier, Gillian Riley in the UK. She has her website, I think it's Eating Less. Um, and again, she has this approach more about freedom to choose and owning our actions and the consequences and the outcomes of our actions. So that's definitely a resource. And then also, I've been reading more about how the brain works and I'm just obsessed with how the brain works and the creation of habits. And I recently read um, Charles Dohig, uh, The Power of Habit. What an amazing book. Great so, one. yeah. So, so I definitely recommend those two resources for people who are aiming to to change their you know eating habits or healthy life i love that um mine uh kristen neff she wrote a book called self-compassion and this was one that um blew my brain in terms of thinking about the words we say to ourselves Mm. and the way we we treat ourselves because i think as ariel mentioned we or maybe it was a tar that said it sorry um that we talk to ourselves in a very different way than we would talk to our friends and our loved ones and so um, making some of those changes is is really huge. And then if you are interested in Ayurveda, I highly recommend anything by um, Dr. Vasant Lad, L-A-D, or Maya Tawari. Um, in terms of reconnecting to the fact that we are we are good. We don't need fixing. We're, we're okay. Yep. Thank you both so much. And uh, we actually have another two minutes. So if you wouldn't mind being put on the spot for just a second. Um, I was really interested in your uh, discussion about exclusivity and wellness. And we can all do a lot better to make sure that we are really including everyone. And sometimes, like you were saying, we're, you know, witnesses to, uh, you know, wellness being a white space and sometimes we participate in it so what are some ways that we can reach out and make sure that we're including more people in the pursuit of health and well-being you as in pineapple as in pineapple or uh you know just a woman a friend uh someone who's in the community someone who has a big instagram following um yeah so you know i i started because of my interest in nutrition and health I started getting more interested also in uh, sustainable food systems. And I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I like to say that I follow the conversation about the farm bill and food deserts and school lunches in D.C. and the United States. And I think that's definitely a, a, a topic or an area that I would suggest Pineapple uh, includes in like a panel or in some sort of format. Because it's a discussion that precisely will tie together this idea of health and wellness with what's also happening in the city in terms of food justice and equality, exclusivity. So that's just an idea. 
estará ese angle. I think that's a really great point in terms of understanding the political structures underlying yeah. a lot of these issues um, and the economic structures underlying a lot of these issues. I love that. Um, another piece which relates to some of what we talked about is that authenticity of why are you posting what you posted? So we know you got a free, you know, whatever, dust powder, whatever it is, and that's great. But are you posting it because it seems cool to post it? Or are you posting it because it actually makes you feel good? And you know, I think the more realistic we are about what we're doing, what we're sharing, um, not just, again, we heard that it was cool or we saw it for free or, you know, something like that, then I think it makes it less exclusive because then you're, you're being authentic to, to your actual experience. And I think that's a huge piece. Thank you. Thank you both so much for being here. Uh, this was a fantastic conversation that we, you know, are so grateful to be a part of and to hear. Um, Thank you, everyone, uh, on the airwaves for tuning in. Uh, we're here um, on Full Service Radio every other Friday, broadcasting live from the Lion Hotel in D.C. And you can ask, access each of our episodes after it airs at fullservice.org. Be sure to follow both Sam and Lena. Lena's at live.well.way. And Sam is at be happy, healthy human. And we are Pineapple at pineapplecollaborative.com on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any suggestions for women we should feature, send them to hello at pineapplecollaborative.com. Thanks. Have a good weekend. It's perfect with you.